NBA Australia. How are you going? How are you going? That's right, it's NBA Australia. It is Wednesday. Hump day. January 19. All day. Tell you that much. It really is. Uh, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer, Shem James. For whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, I'm here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season. And it's all happening. We've got trades. It has begun. Uh, we're here repping Australia a little bit too. That's what we do. We also don't take things too seriously around here. We leave that for the nerds. They love serious stuff, don't they? Uh, this was a pretty quiet-ass day. Then we're going to Woj Bomb trade. And it really wasn't that quiet as well because it came out that Frank Vogel nearly got fired. That's right, Lakers coach Frank Vogel nearly ate shit just because his team sucks. Anyway, and we also found out some more Ben Simmons stuff. A bit of a trade package from the Pistons was revealed. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about both of today's games in the NBA Australia Game Wraps. That's on an iPhone, mate. No, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got a couple of year nars, the unpopular opinion of the day, and Outback Takehouse, where we're serving up. A flame girl take. Actually, I think there's a couple. Uh, we've got the Australian... Well, actually, no Australian player watch because no Aussies were in action today. But we do have an extended great moment in NBA Australia Stat history featuring one of the most amazingly fun scripted Shane Hill games uh, that I've written about. It's a great one. Anyway, and we've got a massive slate tomorrow. So we've got the NBA Australia game previews and picks for all of that. And uh, no skit in the end of the today because it's a late show. I'm just going to get this one done. Let's do a quick one. What do you reckon? How quick can I do this? We'll see how we go. All right, episode 739 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Mick K, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. You better watch out for the Kurt Rambis attack <laughs> if you're Frank Vogel. I'm going to get to that in a second. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around boom. We've got a trade. That's right, a trade. Three-way trade too. Not exactly the headline sort of material you're after though. Denver, Boston, San Antonio, three-way trade that sends one show. There's only one. Hernan Gomez. To the Spurs. Bryn, your mum's best mate, Forbes, to Denver. And Bol Bol and PJ Dozier go to the Celtics. Cool. It's not exactly a needle mover. It is kind of neat. And also, how did the Celtics not get Bryn Forbes in this deal? What are you doing? Like, all they need is shooting. And somehow they don't get Bryn the best shooter in the deal. What the fuck is going on, Boston? Really, Brad Stevens? Really? Ugh. Anyway, that sucks for the Celtics. Uh, It does feel like basically the Celtics getting an injured Bol Bol who already is like, yeah, I'm getting surgery on my fucked foot. You know, the foot that basically meant that I couldn't go to Detroit uh, in that, you know, trade last week. So, uh, Bol Bol, off to the Celtics. Celtics replacing Taco 4 with Bol Bol. You love to see it. My uh, point last week was that Taco 4 being signed, well, I think he got released by Cleveland. Detroit should have actually made sure they got Bol Bol anyway, and then signed Taco as well. Anyway, uh, the Celtics not getting Bryn Forbes just feels like a wildly huge miss. Like, PJ Dozier, 
I mean, also injured. So, bit strange, bit weird. Just a straight salary dump, it seems, for this season. Uh, essentially, to sort of clear out like a bunch of salary space. And sure. So, he tore his ACL back in November, you might remember, the old PJ. So, this is very much like them avoiding the tax territory and not making their team better. So the Celtics fans, uh, guess what? They're not exactly stoked, and you can see why. Uh, meanwhile, Pop gets a free look at there's only one Hernan Gomez because he does love himself an overseas player. We'll talk about that later. And uh, there you go. So not a giant amount more to it. Like Bryn Forbes is always kind of like Pop's whipping boy anyway in San Antonio. And to be fair, the Spurs have just got like a glut of small guards. We've talked that, about that in the past, right? Between DeJunte Murray, they've got wings, they've got guards coming out the old uh, wazoo. Throwing Wancho in there. That sort of big swing. We'll see what happens. Anyway. Right. Other news. Frankie Vogel. Frank Vogel, the Lakers coach, would have been fired apparently if the Lakers lost to Utah yesterday. What? Which is kind of funny when you think about it as well, considering that LeBron was on the court basically being the coach down the stretch, like getting uh, plays reviewed and all that sort of stuff. Pretty funny. Uh, but this is essentially like an LA Times report, basically behind the scenes. It's like, yeah, if they had... It was basically coaching for his job, they reckon. Because uh, they've had a couple of sit-downs. It hasn't gotten better. They obviously got shit-pumped by Denver on the weekend, and uh, they managed to pull out that Utah game. In pretty amazing fashion, mind you. It was pretty fun. But the best part about this story, Kurt Rambis is behind the scenes pulling all the strings. The puppet master. That's right, the puppet master who went, what, 32 and 132 before he got shit-canned by the Wolves and then backstabbed Phil Jackson to New York and went 9 and 19 and they told him to fucking pack his bags after that anyway. So, yeah, anytime you can take the... uh, Take the really awesome advice of the 66th worst coach in NBA history. That's a .375 winning percentage for his career. 65 and 164. That's, uh, tell you what, it's not good. (laughs) So, Kurt Rambis is apparently, he's still up there as a uh, basketball executive for the Lakers. He's now sitting in meetings. He'd been apparently uh, a part of some of these catch-ups, etc. via Zoom a.k.a. virtual meetings. And now that he's uh, going in, hanging out, it's like, uh, oh, hey, uh, Frank, what are you doing, dickhead? And everyone's like, fuck, why is Kurt here? Just because his fucking wife is the best mate of our owner, that's right, Linda Ramos is the best uh, mate of uh, <laughs> of Jenny Bass, which is hilarious. And it's seemingly the only reason Kurt Rambis still has a fucking job in basketball because he's been laughed out of every town that he's coached in already. The Lakers, meanwhile, are like, oh, no, nah, he's like one of our senior executives. Ah, yes. The brain's trust behind being shit. The best part is being Kurt Rambis wandering in, telling the coaches what to do, maybe going, hey, maybe what we should do is play an ultra big lineup. We'll play Dwight and DeAndre Jordan. To which you must assume that he was just fucking laughed out of the room, right? Like, what the fuck? Fuck Kurt Rambis. If you ever needed any proof that Kurt Rambis is A, a fucking giant dunce, and B, completely out of touch with basketball, just remember. I mean, there was the time that he was out there liking porn tweets. (laughs) I was hacked. 
Oh, yeah. Why do you still, like, follow some of those weird porn uh, Twitter accounts, Kurt? Anyway, <laughs> but, yeah, just the simple idea of, like, no, nah, we should play two giantly washed-up centres together. You fucking moron. Either way, uh, Dan Wokey basically was also saying, after all this, there's no current plans to replace Frank Vogel, per a source with knowledge of the situation. <laughs> I love this so much. Give me Lakers chaos every day. It's amazing. Absolute scenes. So much fun. Uh, so Lakers fans, I hope you're uh, settling in for a pretty awesome run home for the rest of this season when you've got Kurt Rambis now pulling strings. The kingmaker. Other news. Miles Turner had a month at least, seemingly. Uh, they're going to check up on his stress reaction and his foot. Uh, looks like he'll at least be out until the All-Star break, which puts a uh, bit of a bit of a break on trading Miles Turner if you're the Pacers. Turns out like teams like Dallas, etc. are already like, yeah, nah, we're good if he's injured. That sucks for them, but uh, tough one for Miles Turner. It sort of always happens this way. It's a bit bit suspicious if you ask me as well, a bit on the nose. Miles Turner out here, it's like, oh, what's that, you're going to trade me? Oh, gee, I got hurt. Oh, gee, is it three weeks before the trade deadline? Oh, geez, that's a bit unfortunate. Meanwhile, like, Miles Turner should want the fuck out of India as soon as possible, so, yeah, he's probably not doing that. Donnie Mitchell, he goes into the concussion protocol, copped a uh, elbow to the head from Rusty Westbrook against the Lakers, so hopefully he's all right. And uh, as I mentioned, Bol Bol earlier, it was actually announced before this trade that he's uh, going under the knife for a bit of surgery on his foot. He's going to be out 8 to 12 weeks, so good job, Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Other news, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. Apparently there's a uh, bunch of folks out there interested in Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant on the Pistons, including the Wizards. And uh, apparently they're the favorite to land Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. They also have a lot of players. Maybe they need to sort of coalesce that into one Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. Unfortunately, he does also play like the same fucking like exact uh, role position as... Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdija, Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> like half their fucking roster. And uh, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant, that's pretty interesting because it's apparently, uh, he's floated it out there that he has little interest in joining a team where he doesn't feature as a primary offensive option and would also like to sign an extension in the ballpark of four years, $112 million this offseason. I mean, so I'm letting it known. I would like to, hey, I just want you guys to know that I would also like to sign an extension for four more years of NBA Australia for, what, 112 mil? Uh, So ESPN, if you're listening, there's my offer. (laughs) Take it or leave it. The Kings! All the chatter coming out of the Kings, they are basically on the edge of pulling off whatever trade they can possibly pull off because it's essentially getting down to this point of the uh, Kings... They just want to fucking do something. They want to make a big move before the deadline. They're seriously contemplating trading for both Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, which is hilarious. Please do it, Kings. That's the most King shit ever. And if the Kings can't get big Ben Simmons, they're going to go after the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis, which is actually a very smart move because he's a really fucking good basketball player. Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot and hasn't gotten better since his rookie year. You can see where the uh, the eye of the beholder might be an interesting one here. The Kings should maybe just go, fuck it, we should actually just go up to Sabonis. We've already got Tyrese Halliburton. What's Sabonis going to cost us? So off you go. So Simo and Suva are the two main options for the Kings, uh, but they it does feel very much like they're going to pull something 
So keep your ears peeled for that. Speaking of Simo, speaking of the Pistons, the Pistons apparently reportedly offered Jeremy Jeremiah Grant, Sadiq Bay, Big Deek Bay, Kelly Olynyk the Hoiser, and a first-round pick for Ben Simmons. So Jeremy, Deek, Olynyk, and a first for Simo. And Moray's like, nah, it's not good enough. I mean, it's certainly, that's certainly a response. Maybe not the one I'd have, but if Moray thinks that deal's still going to be there in like a week or two, that's fine, but still. And the last bit of news, the NBA is keeping the 10-day hardship contracts through February 17, so that's pretty good. It was uh, meant to finish basically January 19, so you'll take that one. Right, let's do some game wraps. Game wraps, 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 two games today. The Wolves beat the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City. The Squid and I were watching this one. He's like, Dad, who are those guys? I'm like, they're the Knicks. He's like, are they bad? I'm like, well, they are and they aren't. <laughs> and you saw it exactly in this game. It was hilarious. He was actually way more excited because there was a wolf. But anyway, uh, topsy-turvy-ass game, this one. The Knicks' offense went MIA early. The Wolves absolutely smashed them. Then the Knicks woke up in the third quarter. Evan Fournier goes absolutely fucking ham. They have a huge quarter. They get up by nine out of nowhere, turn the game completely around. But then the Wolves pull it all the way back as the Knicks' offense falls apart again. And then the Knicks, again, woke up their offense. Kemba came back in a couple of minutes into the fourth quarter. They ripped off like a seven-point run. Randall was cooking Vanderbilt. Kemba knocks in another huge three. But the weird thing was, as this is all happening, the Wolves aren't losing touch because Noel just Noel was unstoppable out of absolutely bloody nowhere. He it's not like he had a massive game either, but he he was just like like Jalen Noel just goes, Oh, guess what? Actually, I'm just gonna start knocking in some shots, man. He had 14 points. And he just crushed it right at the end out of nowhere. Uh, that sort of kept them in touch as Kemba was like just knocking in massive threes. And that was exactly almost what won it for the Wolves, right? Because the Knicks offense just ground to a fucking halt again. So, you know, remember how I just said topsy-turvy? That's exactly what happened. So they're down two with 25 seconds left. They've had three straight possessions with a turnover. They get a foul under the bucket and uh, Randall. They're down two, remember. 25 seconds, 24 seconds left now. Randall misses a free throw. Ah, uh, Julius! Julius! What are you doing, mate? Pat Bev, though, they uh, obviously foul. Pat Bev misses one himself, so it's still a two-point game. Knicks having a chance to win it. They have two bites at the cherry, and neither of them go, obviously, because they lost. Cap uh, blocks Fournier, and uh, Alec Burks... Gets the sort of the ball that sort of squeezed out of the paint after the block. Lines up a three. Clank. Game over. Knicks, look, it was a weird one. And I picked Minnesota yesterday, minus one and a half, because it was this kind of up and down sort of vibe to the Knicks that I just didn't like. All their big dudes fouled out, like Taj Gibson, the other Mitch Robinson. And look, Obi Toppin, he's not quite there yet. Randall, 21-9-9. Good game for him. Especially late. He was like hitting in these good shots. Weird sort of mid-range game. He's like, yeah, man, I'm just going to do my thing. He was 0-4 from downtown. And 9 of 11 at the free throw line. Unfortunately, one of those was a crucial one late, obviously. So it wasn't bad. But yeah, four blocks for Randall. But just not having that wherewithal right at the end is pretty crazy. 
Evan Fournier was awesome. 27, 4, and 4. 10 of 17 from the floor. Knocked in 5 of 10 threes. RJ Barrett, 17 points. Not wildly efficient, though. 6 of 16 from the floor. 2 of 7 from downtown. Also had 7 turnovers. Yikes. Kemba, he had 19 with 4 assists. 4 of 8 from downtown. The other Mitch Robinson, 6 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, 9 minutes only for IQ. Emmanuel quickly. Burks had 17 minutes and did absolutely nothing. We'll talk about him in a second. And the 18 turnovers over the Knicks. That's what absolutely killed. It derailed so many possessions down the stretch where they'd taken like control of the game. They'd swung the momentum. And then it just swung all the way back because they just kept giving up the ball. And it's against the Wolves. They're not exactly known for their D, but they sort of locked in enough. Pat Bev out there causing havoc. And away they go. They had 10 steals. Not bloody bad. Cat had 20 and 5. Ant-Man, 21. He went 2 of 9 from downtown. And D'Lo shot 5 of 11, 4 of 8 from 3, 17 and 4. Not bloody bad. Jalen Noel, though, 14, 6 and 3. Malik Beasley, 10 points. And the Wolves just pulling this one out was pretty funny. Like, these teams, it feels like the Wolves are kind of like the Knicks of the West without the pub, <laughs> right? Like, Minnesota, 22 and 22. I think the I think they're, oh, yeah, they're 22 and 22. The Knicks are 22 and 23. They've got a couple of dudes who are really well paid and they really struggle to sort of fill in the gaps. It's kind of a look, Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. It's just that the Knicks don't quite have the uh, the sheer fucking like athletic craziness of Ant-Man or Cat, but just the results sort of speak them for themselves. They're such weird teams. And then the other game was just a shit pumping by Golden State of Detroit, 102-86. Um, felt like this is like a uh, on a report card, like... Uh, not a report card, at least on an essay that you fucked up. At least you tried hard, kind of vibe. It was 66-38 at the half. Splash Brothers is going absolutely ham. Steph Curry had 14 and made four threes, and Clay had 17. He did three threes in the first half. And you're like, oh, God, this is not going to get any better. They were 10-21 from downtown, the Warriors, in the first half. The Pistons were 2 of 15. Yeesh. Big Deke was shooting 1 of 8. Hammer do was hammer don't. Killian Hayes was just fucking brutal. Uh, the threes, I guess, got a little bit better there from uh, for the Detroit Pistons, but the result didn't. Hashtag spoiler alert. They ended up 9 of 34 from downtown. They shot 35% as a team. This is Golden State without Draymond, BT dubs. Yeesh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, the look, the Pistons, Cade only played, you know, a handful of minutes, like 28 minutes, shot 3 of 10. He had 8 points, 4 assists. Beef Stew was pretty bloody good. 14 and 11 in 28 minutes for Isaiah Stewart. Deke pulled it back a little bit. Not really, though. 10 points. He still shot 3 of 13. Gross! What are you doing, Big Deke? And Hamadou ends up with 16 and 13, but took him 5 of 17 shooting to get there. And Magruder, at least off the bench, was kind of handy. 4 of 7 from downtown. He was the only bloke off the bench to hit a 3. The Pistons suck. What can you do? The Warriors, 21 for Clay. He was awesome. Steph at 18 and 8. 19 for Wigo and Cumbucket. That's right. Jonathan Kaminga. Come here. I'm going to kick you. Uh, 20 and, uh, 12 and 10. Not a bad game. Not a bad game either. 10 and 33 now. 10 and 33 of the Pistons. Jesus, I'm falling off the uh, rails here. I think I'd be drinking beers all day and not just a shit ton of coffee. Golden State, 32 and 19. Uh, 32 and 19. Fuck me. 32 and 12. Christ, Jimmy, get a hold of yourself, mate. 32 and 12. They're 19 and 3 at home. Aha. I fixed it, see? Right. Who was the NBA Australia Pro Performer of the Night? <laughs> That's not that nice. 
Ah, oh, Clay Thompson, he's back. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm back. 21, 3, and 4 with a couple of steals. 6, 13 shooting, 3 of 8 from downtown. It meant that Steph, uh, they dominated this so profusely that Steph sort of copped like a uh, rocket pass from GP2, hit his hand, and it's like, oh, shit, that hurt again. Hopefully Steph's all right. But Clay, the way he stepped up, I mean, he only had four points like the rest of the way after the first half. They didn't need it. He dominated. And the way he basically sent them into the half by knocking in a huge three off a uh, Wigo steal, full court pass, resets himself outside the arc, nails the three, puts him up 28. It's just like, this game's done, and we're a half through. Holy shit. It was a dagger. It's the very, very, you know, not often seen dagger after two quarters. <laughs> so Clay Thompson literally with a half-time dagger. That's not a knife. That's a fucking knife. Good job, Clay. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spud of the night. Ah, Spud of the night. 17 minutes, zero points for Alec Burks. Oh, jeez. Oh, three, all of which were from downtown. Four rebounds, zero assists, two turnovers. And, of course... The clank of the game winner at the end. No good. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Who's got no mates today? I'll tell you what, Frank fucking Vogel. How it is wild that they're trying to pin him with all the giant fuck ups that the Lakers have pulled in the last two years. The dude won a fucking title like fifteen months ago. Oh, man, but we're the Lakers. We're built different. We're built different. No, you're just a fucking moribund bullshit franchise that's run by LeBron James and his best mates, and your fucking coach is being set up to be the fall guy for no reason by Kurt Rambis, who very clearly would be like, oh, if nobody else wants to do their job, then I guess I could be the coach. Fuck off, Kurt. Anyway, Frank Vogel, good coach. Don't know why he's suddenly old mate, no mates. These guys are your fucking mates. Uh, he's your mate. No, he's your fucking mate. No, he's your fucking mate. Poor Frank Vogel. Won't somebody please think of the Vogel? Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. <laughs> fatty, fatty, fat, fat, pantsing the night. The clay three just before halftime was such a pantsing because it was like, so in terms of like the Stephen Adams pantsing yesterday of picking up Tony Bradley and just like moving him, this is what Clay did to the Pistons as a franchise. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I know we're up 25, but it's about halftime, but... Here's a three, fuck you, just stop playing. <laughs> it's such a pissed like it's such a pistony thing to happen to the pistons. You're like, oh man. It's like stop, he's already dead, kind of vibes, right? It's like almost it's almost a fucking hate crime at that point. You're already up twenty five, Clay. <laughs> Jesus. But that's a hell of a pantser. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, come bucket. I'll tell you what, Jonathan Kaminga looked pretty bloody good today. 12 and 10, one assist, one steal. He shot four of 10 and uh, two of four from downtown. A couple of turnovers, but otherwise, he's bloody good. I love it. So they throw Moses Moody out there. Moses Moody, Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody. And he stunk up the joint. Uh, for the Warriors, and you're like, oh, yeah. Kaminga's also a rookie. He was very, like meant to be way more, way more raw and unpolished than uh, Moses Moody, Moses Moody. And uh, Moses Moody's out there like 0 of 3, 0 of 2 from downtown. Got to the line a couple of times, but 
Kaminga just looks the fucking part. I kind of love it. Good on it. All right, let's do some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right, let's do some Yenars. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Ninth Brewing, mate. Absolute party time in Melbourne at the moment. You get the Australian Open. You got beautiful weather. Just go outside, drink some beers or wine or cocktails, whatever you need to. Uh, and don't go to the uh, bottle oil like an idiot. Don't get the Omicron. I got my booster today, so that's probably why I'm a little bit wobbly. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, don't go and get the Omicron from some weirdo in line at the bottle oil. Bring the bottle out of you at thedailyliquor.com. They'll drop it off at your door. All those beers, wines, cocktails you'll need. Rona free. Boom. And if you bang in the code STRAYA when you check out, you get a free six-pack. That's six beers for free just because you listen to this show and you use the code STRAYA. How good's that? So it's for the Melbourne metro area. Same-day delivery before noon. Go check it out at thedailyliquor.com right now. Bang in that code STRAYA. You get a free sixer on me. All right. Time for some yeah nahs where we take a bunch of NBA storylines and decide whether more yeah, more nah. Number one, should the Sixers have just taken that fucking Pistons package? Yeah, nah, to be honest. I don't know how many packages you're going to get that are better. Jeremy Jeremiah Grant, Sadiq Bay, a big shooting wing, and what did we talk about yesterday? That was the big thing with the Wiz against the Sixers. Their big wings on the Sixers... Sans Simo, and obviously without Matty T at the moment because he's uh, hurt his shoulder, they, they're they non-existent. Like, they're fucked. Like, George Yang is an undersized forward. Like, Corkmaz is not big. <laughs> like, otherwise, you got Maxi, Seth Curry, and, like, Tobias Harris just fucking stinks up the joint. So, to be fair, getting a bunch of wing help, getting a bit of size, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant, Big Deke Bay, even actually a half-handy fucking backup center like Kelly Olenek who can also spread the floor. And a first? I kind of think fucking yeah. Like it sets you up. I don't know what Moro's thinking, but here we are. Next up, should the Lakers just fucking fire Frank Vogel if they're already thinking about it? Yeah, nah, this is fascinating to me. Just as a thought experiment, right? Like, if you were going to fire him, but they won a game... How does that change the equation? It's like, oh, he's lost he's lost touch with the players. They won a title 15 months ago, and you've saddled him with a bunch of fucking over-the-hill, past-their-prime fucking lunatics. Like, it's not Frank Vogel's fault that they traded for Russell Westbrook or that Anthony Davis forgot how to play basketball or that they let Alex Caruso walk or that they paid THT a shit ton of money without realizing whether or not he's any good. And it's not Vogel signing nothing but washed-up vets like Mallow, DeAndre Jordan, Trevor Ariza, even fucking Avery Bradley. Like, yeesh. That's not Frank Vogel's fucking fault. You had Kuzma. You had KCP. You had just, like, rangy wings. What was I just talking about with the Sixers? Now you've got, like, sort of nothing there. Oh, so, oh we've got Ariza. We've got Mallow. Mate, they were cooked three years ago. 
Well, we've got LeBron. Yeah, cool. Best of luck. He's playing center at the moment because you don't have AD because A's hurt himself because he's always getting hurt. And B, he forgot how to fucking play basketball this year. And you're going to lump this on Frank fucking Vogel? But this is the thing. If as an organization you're like, I think we've made the decision, uh, we're ready to pro- like, we could stomach firing him now if they lose this one game. Winning one game shouldn't make that much of a difference if this is what your franchise direction ought to be, right? If you've thought this through enough, which very fucking clearly they haven't because they're the Lakers and Kurt Rambis is behind, like, with Kurt Rambis involved, anything is possible, KG voice. Like, holy shit. But, I mean, what's your plan? Oh, we'll fight Frank Vogel, get rid of his assistance. Awesome. Is Kurt Rambis going to take over? Does LeBron have somebody waiting the wings he prefers over Frankie Vogue's? What the fuck is going on there? This is wildly dumb. Stop doing it, Lakers. And uh, but the idea, like, as well, there were no plans for now. What was that was the report, right? That I said at the end of that one, where it's like, ah, oh, well, were there no current plans to replace Frank Vogel? Says a source. No current plans. Now he's just fucking out there, dick waving in the wind. And you're treating him with a bunch of... This is the dude who won, helped you win its idol less than a fucking year and a half ago. That's insane. And as much as I give shit to the Lakers, what the fuck are y'all doing? Unbelievable. I can't believe he's set up as the fall guy. And not that fucking absolute moron, Rob Palenka. Uh, Jez Oz. Hey, Jimmy boy, how about them bills? Fuck you, Jez. <laughs> Got a yeah, nah, for you. Here goes. Name McMillan. Needs to draw a line in the sand and tell everyone, and Trey Young... Who wants to be there to stand on his side and the rest to stand to the other side? Then anyone who even hesitates should be traded or bought out. Then find people who want to buy in and fit around trade. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I kind of like this because, look, everything on this team does need to sort of revolve around what trade does, what he can't do as well. And I think ultimatums are a pretty good coaching tool in the short term and provided something's gone all fucky and it's gone very fucky in Atlanta, right? So if Nate McMillan, who lit a fire under their ass in the second half of last year, they go to the Eastern Conference Finals, absolute scenes. And it seems like, I mean, there was a great weird sort of interaction that Danilo Gallinari had with an Italian reporter where like the Italian sort of breakdown was like, yeah, there's no sense of hierarchy or responsibility. And then he was asked about it. He's like, yeah, look, the translation in Italian is like a bit fucky. It's a bit weird. It's more about like everybody uh, doing their roles properly and uh, taking responsibility for that. It's like, oh, okay, that's a little bit more sensible. But at the same time, like I kind of love this from Jez because if you draw that line in the sand, if you're Atlanta, I would be fucking fascinated to see who jumps over on the Trey Young side. Because you know that John Collins and Bogdan Bogdanovich are off in a corner together going, Nah, we're good over here. Thanks, coach. Uh, Yeah. Nah, you guys do you. Uh, We'll see you guys later. (laughs) And they've just gotten paid massive amounts of money and very clearly just like, Trey sucks. I hate him and I don't want to be here. Meanwhile, you did have Cam Reddish. He's now gone. And instead, you kind of got Gallo. You've got Lou Will. You've got a bunch of old dudes. You've got DeAndre Hunter. That's pretty good. Clint Capella, he's like, hello, I'm very Swiss, and I would like to be part of this extremely fun team where I got thrown lots of lobs by my friend Trae Young. It's like, yes, thank you, Clint. 
<laughs> go sit over there. But yeah, I reckon this team would be split down the middle, and that's why they have all the problems they have. So that's a really, really good observation by Jez. Love that. All right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Vogel's not that fucking bad. I don't get it. Like, it's not his. Like, no one has looked at this season and gone, you know what's really bad? It's the coaching. It's the coach. No. Nobody has thought that, I reckon, watching the Lakers at all. They've gone, this fucking makeup of this team is horrible. Like, they play Malik Monk, start him, cool, off you go. You've got LeBron. You don't have AD now. You keep getting, like, just smashed by the injuries, COVID, whatever. For fuck's sake. Like, I give Frank Vogel my fair share of shit I have over the years. There's no denying the dude's a decent fucking coach, right? So, Jesus, get a hold of yourselves, Lakers. Anyway, uh, I'm... Let's go to Outback Takeouts then. Fuck yes. It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means. That's right, the squid and I spent our morning just waiting for that telltale sound. Bang! We're both out there with our kookaburras. That's right, the cricket bats making you some kookaburra wings. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill Take is... Greg Popovich only likes to have international players like Wancho Hoon and Gomez on his team, and Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertl, and Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili, and Paddy Mills, and Jock Landau, etc., because they won't call him out on his dumb fuckery. Only at Outback. To be honest, I'm not too uh, not convinced by that. And the other one, other flame grill take. 100% Frank Vogel's staff leaked that Kurt Rambis two shit bigs lineup stuff just to get the heat to cool down on their boss. Only. And it, I did, that's just, that's 100% just what happened, right? Frank Vogel's staff heard Kent Rambis go, Well, you should play Dwight and DeAndre at the same time sometime. No. Get out, Kurt. Just go fucking play in traffic at that point. That is just unbelievable. All right, we'll be back in a second with the uh, great moment in NBA Australia State history in the previews right after all this one. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Great moments in NBA Australia State history. All right. No Australian player watch today because none of the Aussies are in action. But we do have a moment in time. Let me take you back. 24 years ago. January 18, 1997. Interior. The Target Centre. Minneapolis, Minnesota. The 17 and 21 Minnesota Timberwolves are playing the 15 and 23 Golden State Warriors. Minnesota coach Flip Saunders prowls the sidelines, barking orders and glaring at a rookie, Stephen Marbury. The Wolves erase a two-point deficit in the fourth quarter, taking the lead behind 19-year-old Kevin Garnett's 27 points. Golden-haired Aussie shooting guard Shane Hill sits at the end of the bench in sweats, waiting for a chance to shine. Turning to the bench, Flip looks to its far end before seemingly making a decision. Flip. Hey, you, Blondie! Shane Hill, looking around, confused. Who, me, coach? Flip. Well, I'm not fucking talking to Cherokee Parks now, am I? Cherokee Parks looks up, a confused, hurt look on his face. Shane. Well, I guess not. Flip. Are you ready to go? Shane. 
Mate, I was born ready. Flip. I'm not your mate, Blondie. You can call me coach or I'll call you a fucking plane to take you back to fucking Austria or wherever the fuck you're from. You hear? Shane. Taking it back. Of course. Sorry, coach. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Flip. Shut up, Blondie. I just need you to do one thing for me. Shane. Eagerly. Of course, coach. You name it. You want me to light it up and score 20? Hit a bunch of threes? Run point and fire some on-point assistant Kevin? Hell, you want me to fight someone? They don't call me Shane the Hammer Heel for nothing. Flip. Jesus. Shut the fucking hell up, Blondie. We're at 15. I need you to go in for the last two minutes. Guard mark prize, and if someone passes you the fucking ball, don't screw around. Don't turn it over. If you have the ball, just shoot it. Shane, taking it back. Coach, that's 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 what I was put on this earth to do. I won't let you down. Flip. You better not, or I'll make sure you have to clean Stroko Vrankovic's jockstrap for the rest of the fucking season. Stroko Vrankovic, European import center, seated next to Hill. Nodding. Yes. Is bad. Is very bad. Shane, shuddering. Okay, coach, I'll do my best. Flip, turning away. All right, Blondie, warm up. Shane, turning to his teammate excitedly. Did you hear that, Stioko? Coach is going to put me in. Stioko, disinterested. Whatever, little man. Your pretty blonde hair reminds me of Lady Stioko has trapped in basement back home. Shane, taking off his sweats. Uh, okay, Stioko. I mean, I'm from the main streets of the Yarra Rangers. People call me the Hammer. I'm beloved back home. I played for the bloody Brisbane Bulls when I was 18. I've been a pro since I was 17. Hell, I know eight three-pointers on the Dream Team in Fort Charles Barkley a couple months ago. Stroker. Stroker once killed Bear with bare hands. Shane. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Flip. Blondie, get in there! Shane. <laughs> that night, Shane the Hammer Hill would go on to do exactly as his coach instructed. In only two minutes on the court, the bleach blonde Australian icon took three shots, making a single one, a three-pointer. It would prove to be the 15th best game of Shane Hill's NBA career. The end. <laughs> oh, I fucking love a good NBA Australian ever forget. Great moment in NBA Australia stat history. All right, the Paddy Mills Game Day Ball Game Day Twitter check-in. Did you like that? That was fun. Felt like a fucking narrative podcast there for a second. Welcome to NBA Australia. I'm your host, some deep-voiced fuckhead. Ah, rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landau is once more the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Living his best life, hanging out with the missus, just the IG story of the giant big fucking diamond he chucked on the old fingy back over there on Christmas and New Year's. On your rock'em. I'll tell you what, rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landau's IG is literally just fucking puppies. And him being in love. It's fucking beautiful. And anyone says it, anything else is a bloody asshole. Anyway, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going today? Oh, yeah, me and the squid went for a ride of the old Treadley. Fanged over fucking halfway across Melbourne. I'm a bit rooted. Then I got my boss, booster. Feeling all right so far. We'll see how a couple of beers kicking in. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we went one of two on today's picks. Um, I thought the Pistons would actually show a little bit of fight. Uh, spoiler alert, they did not. Uh, we are now 374 of 649 for the season. So bloody good. So I did uh, my quick preview. Well, not preview, but I picked the games for tomorrow, yesterday's show, just because in case I didn't have a show today. Obviously, did do a show today with the trade breaking. I figured, fuck it, I better jump on anyway. Plenty to talk about. 
Uh, so we're at 13 games tomorrow. I've basically, for the most part, almost gone with the uh, teams that I actually initially picked yesterday. But now with lines, uh, a couple of them have switched. So Orlando versus Philly. I've gone with Orlando plus 12.5 because I've just talked about Philly and their guards. The problem with Orlando, none of their guards play defense. I mean, maybe a bit of Gary Harris, but Jesus. So Philly's guards will light this up. They'll win. Embiid versus Wendell Carter Jr. and co. He'll eat as well. I just think Orlando just have enough sort of like weird fuckiness to them. They'll cover somehow. And Philly tend to play down to their uh, opposition. And Orlando are about as far down as you can get. They are the worst team in the NBA at the moment. But I do think they cover. So give me the plus 12 and a half. Brooklyn, they go to Washington. That means Kyrie can play. So we've got a bit of Kyrie, a bit of Harden. The Wizards are plus a half point at home. And I'm taking the Wizards because I think they win. I think they win handily. They've got a full squad. Brooklyn, they're a bit of a mess. There's no two ways around it. And Washington, like, who the fuck is going to guard Montrezl Harrell in Brooklyn? LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin? Yeesh. So Washington with Brad Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's going to try to light up his old team. Kuzma and Co. they should win that one pretty handily, I reckon. So give me the whiz. Uh, Minnesota, they go to Atlanta on a back-to-back, having just played in New York. But I picked, uh, I think I, oh, did I pick Atlanta? Yeah, anyway, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. Back, he played college in Georgia, don't forget. They just won the college football championship. He's going to want to show out and show up. So I expect like a 40-piece from Ant-Man. I'm going to take Minnesota plus two and a half. I think they could beat Atlanta. Atlanta have been horrible at home, don't forget. Even with Minnesota on a back-to-back, I reckon that could be just a bit of... I think the Ant-Man stuff is almost enough, so I'm taking Minnesota. Charlotte, they go to Boston. Can you say revenge for Gordon Haywood? Because I can. Uh, four and a half point underdogs are the Hornets. You know that Terry Rozier and Gordon Haywood really just want to kick the fuck out of Boston. So I'm going to go Charlotte plus four and a half. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how uh, Boston match up with Charlotte because it's a fascinating, classic color matchup too. And uh, who knows what could happen in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with Charlotte plus four and a half. Getting the four and a half points. Boston, you can't trust them, so give me the Hornets. Miami, they're eight and a half point favorites over Portland. Portland are in a rabble at the moment. I'm taking Miami. Bam and Big Booty. Uh, Big Booty Kyle Larry was out the other day with personal reasons. Hopefully he's back for this one. If he is, they smash him. So even without that, Jimmy Butler being back. Hero, Duncan Robinson, bam, they win this handily. Eight and a half, give me that for Miami. Chicago, they host Cleveland. I think I initially took Cleveland head-to-head the other day. Now I sort of thought about it a little bit more. I'm still going Cleveland, minus one and a half. Chicago, oh, actually, no, fuck it. No, look, I'm going to put a bit of faith in uh, DeMarta Rosen. And the Bulls, plus one and a half. They're at home. They've got to slow down this slide at the moment. Even with the size of the Cavs, Vooch struggling there, maybe. I think the Bulls will just have enough. Memphis, they go to Milwaukee. I hear it's Algonquin for the good land. They take on... So taking on the Bucks, the Grizz, they are the hot team. They're six and a half point underdogs against Milwaukee. I'm taking Memphis. They just play fucking hard, and they're going to make you work for it. So even if this uh, ends up being a Milwaukee win... I think it's very close, and Memphis uh, come pretty close. So give me the plus six and a half. Toronto in Dallas, plus three and a half points for Toronto. I'm taking that as well because Dallas, look, nine out of ten, they've won. But I just can't. Look, Luka can't hit anything at the moment. He's going to have one of these games where a team will make him pay for going 0 of 8 from downtown. And I think Toronto will be that. They've got enough size between OG Ananobi, Pascal Sikkim, Siakam uh, to really sort of mess up that Dallas front court. And uh, obviously to hassle fucking Luca, a bit of Fred Van Vliet as well out there, crushing it. 
Yeah, so I'm going to take Toronto plus three and a half and not feel bad about it at all. San Antonio, they host OKC. I mean, I've talked about OKC. All they do is like cover and uh, play pretty fucking hard. I just think San Antonio, a bit of a slide. I think they have a big, 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 big game in them. Uh, so give me the Spurs minus six and a half. I think they take care of business against the Thunder. That'll be Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau against Josh Giddy. you love to see that. Utah! Jingles hosting Houston. I think Utah bounced back from that horrible loss to the Lakers. Uh, 11.5 point favorites against Houston. I think they eat them up. And that's a 20-point game. Give me Utah in a heartbeat. Denver Clippers. Denver melted down last time they played. They're 7.5 point favorites. I'm going to take that anyway. I think Denver don't want to do that again. I think they just make a statement. They get up 20 and they stay up 20. Sacramento host Detroit. Detroit on a back-to-back. Sacramento, as soon as they've been thrown around in a bit of uh, trade talks, I think Sacramento will be a bit weirded out, but I think they'll be fine. Detroit are bad, and they're on a back-to-back. I'm taking the Kings minus 5.5. And And finally, the Pacers at the Lakers. Lakers are 4.5-point favorites against the Pacers. No Miles Turner. The Suvlaki Kings show. I think the Lakers can go back-to-back. With a couple of wins, giving the Lakers minus four and a half, and away we will go. So we'll wrap all those games up for you tomorrow. It should be pretty bloody fun, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IG, you're all over the socials. Uh, also, check it NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Big week this week, wrapping up the wildcard round. That was really fun. Good show. Went up uh, this morning with our picks for the divisional round and everything. Uh, check out Adam with World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube. Just bang in the uh, World Wrestling Australia on YouTube and follow him on FWCIE as well. Get around to NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app as well. Come on, rate and review it. I don't ask for too much, do I? Anyway. Uh, Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya there. Get 20% off from free shipping. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code Straya as well. And you get a free six-pack on your mate Jimmy. Knowable. Download that from the App Store. Bang in that code Straya. Get 20% off there too. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. Also, big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozer for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J on Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, however you follow your bands and stuff. NBA Australia, Sports Australian Bands, so should you! And that's it. Uh, nothing at the end of today's show, just because it's already late. I'm going to get this up. So we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. Have a good one. This is NBA Australia saying... Look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosanna! Yeah!